0: Welcome to Sheer Jeshu, a Bible study program brought to you by the fellowship of Sheer Jeshu Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalzo, and in today's program, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing to teach in the Heavenly Authority series. Today, Pastor Greg will be concluding the section on the man of God versus the prophet of God. We left off in our last program in 1 Kings chapter 13 where the old prophet had lied to the man of God, who had been sent by the word of the Lord to Bethel to prophesy against King Jeroboam. Because the man of God listened to the old prophet's lie, he was killed on the road as he returned home. Now let's join Pastor Greg as he continues his Sunday sermon.
1: And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God laid it on the donkey, and brought it back. So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Then he laid the corpse in his own tomb, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother, my brother, my fellow servant with God. And so it was, after he had buried him, that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. He knows he's a holy man. He knows he's a man of God. Bury me beside him. For the saying which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines in the high places which are in the cities of Samaria will surely come to pass. He knows it's going to happen. And then after this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but again, he goes on to make his high places. So Jeroboam doesn't learn a lesson. Jeroboam, the king of northern Israel, goes on to be just as evil as he was before, the man of God for whom marvelous miracles were done, was placed in the tomb. And the old prophet who lied to him says, I want to be buried by him. And because he's buried by him, when Josiah destroys the area and opens up the tombs and throws the bones of the people on the altar, they leave their bones alone because they know it's a sacred place. What does this all mean? When you contrast the sincerity of someone that's a man of God or a woman of God to just the anointing or gifts that are manifest, as in the case of this old prophet. As for each of us, as for you, as for the hearer or the recipient of the word, ultimately there is only God. No prophet is God. No teacher is God no minister is god no worker of miracles or worker of healings is god you have to be concerned not with them but with the lord but you also have to remember that god might talk to you through the prophet so you don't disregard everything and say well look at that person you have to test what you hear to see if it's from god or not from god Because God can work through the prophet even if the prophet is flawed even if the prophet is greatly flawed you know the church at Corinth under the New Testament the church at Corinth it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4 Paul says I thank my God always concerning you verse 5 that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, verse seven, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. That you come short in no gift. And we know that they had the experiences of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He talks to them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yet, when you read about the church at Corinth, they had a lot of trouble. They had a lot of problems they have gifts of the holy spirit but they have a lot of jealousy and pride and divisions and all types of bad things are going on in that church and yet they're short of no gift paul gives very good advice concerning these things and this is really the key scripture to this study it's first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. he says do not quench the Spirit. Because of people not living the way they should and operating under the gifts of the Spirit, some churches, what do they do? They say, well, we don't want any of those things here. Paul says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Rather, he says, test all things. Hold fast what is good Abstain from every form of evil. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, that you may behold spirit, soul, and body. This is the maturity of true Christianity. We don't put out the Spirit's fire. We want the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We understand that God works through us and we're frail vessels and just because someone says something we don't accept it automatically and just because somebody says something we don't reject it automatically rather we test it we test it by the scriptures we test it by what the lord has shown us we test it through the witness of the spirit's presence you don't despise prophecies just because of that old prophet who once in a while would tell a lie. You don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit because this is God's way of giving his revelation to us. Rather you test. You test it based upon God. Is it from God? Is the miracle from God? Is the Word from God? Is the prophecy from God? Or is it not from God? Irrespective of the individual vessel. And it explains, I believe, when you look at this study of the man of God versus the prophet of God, it explains the great confusion that comes in when sometimes we see someone operating under the gifts of the Spirit whose lifestyle might fall dramatically short of the standards Jesus established for his children. Years ago there were ministries that preached wonderful things and they talked about the anointing of God's Spirit and the church became awake with faith and longing for the things of the Spirit. And yet, the men themselves, some of them sinned greatly and caused embarrassment and shame upon the church. Doesn't mean the prophecies spoken were not true. There's a boundary to this uh, in Mark chapter 9 and verse 38 john asked him saying teacher we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow us but jesus said do not forbid him for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me for he who is not against us is on our side no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me uh, there's a limit to God's anointing of the prophet, of the miracle worker, of the healer. It must be done in Jesus' name. As long as it's pointing to God's word and to his son, there could be anointing from the spirit. As long as it tells the truth and tells about the Lord Jesus, God can anoint for no one can work a miracle and my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. When people start to go outside their boundaries, they're not going to be anointed by the Lord. It's only because it's testifying to the truth, even if they themselves have something wrong inside, that God can anoint, God can use. In the example, Balaam's prophecies. They were true prophecies. The last one spoke about Messiah, but he was a frail human vessel just because god uses frail vessels does not necessarily show us what the vessel's heart is like and nor will that vessel necessarily benefit from the very message god gives to them and the example was caiaphas when we experience the anointing when we experience the anointing and the gifts of god's spirit ourselves we want to be careful and not be like those uh, in hebrews chapter six where it says they tasted of the heavenly gifts in hebrews chapter six verse four it says for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and who tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the holy spirit and have tasted the good word of god and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put Him to an open shame. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it, and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected, and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. The Lord Jesus warns in Matthew chapter seven and verse 21, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Then he goes on to say, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And you have the parable of building the house on the rock. Hearing the word, doing the word. It's not enough just to say, Lord, a miracle was done through me. Lord, I spoke a word. I cast out a demon in your name. Because God could anoint Balaam and Caiaphas and Miriam and Aaron and Saul. Even Saul prophesied. Rather, we have to be a hearer and a doer of the word. We have to know the Lord Jesus. Otherwise, he will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How do we know if we are being true men and women of god up above look right up above where it says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravenous wolves you will know them by their fruits do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles even so every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. That's the true test. A true believer who is filled and baptized in the fullness of God's Spirit will bear good fruit, will be truly repentant will be submissive, not prideful, to God's heart-changing power. Not just dabbling or tasting of the gifts, but desiring the fullness of the change that comes from God's Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be careful for ourselves in Pentecostal churches, that we bear good fruit, that we're good trees, that we're men and women of God.
0: If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Brantford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jashub.